Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, June 17th, 2021. Have you ever gone running? Now, some of you might think, why in the world would I do that just for fun? But I'm guessing most of you, even if it was a long time ago, have gone on a run where you're just running to run. I remember I made the decision, not going to say it was one of the wisest decisions I ever made, but I did make the decision to join the junior high cross country team where all we did was run. But if you've ever had that experience, you know at some point as you're running, you're going to start having this feeling urging you to do something. And that something is to stop running. You're you're running along and you, you don't know how far you have left. And all of a sudden, there's just this voice in your head saying, just walk, just slow down, just stop running or or if it's in your neighborhood you know just turn around and walk home right you you have that sense of just gravity it almost feels like pulling you to to stop and to to not keep running well you're going to feel that as a christian the bible does often compare the christian life to a race uh, this with this image of running and you are going to feel as a christian that Same impulse you've felt if you've ever gone running in your life to slow down, to stop running. And where are you going to find the strength to keep going, to keep running, and to keep pursuing God on days when you feel like that? Well, as we think about that, let's go now as we wrap up Psalm 73. Psalm 73, and today we're looking at verses 23 through 28. And one way maybe to describe what has been going on in this psalm is that the psalmist is being tempted to stop running. He is looking out at the world and saying, you know, hey, you know, imagine you're in a cross country race and you're looking at all the people on the sidelines, you know, uh, drinking their drinks and eating their hot dogs and having a good time. And you're running, you're like, they're having a good time and I'm here sweating. I'm here working. I'm here laboring. And in many ways, that's what the writer of Psalm 73 has been saying in a spiritual sense. Hey, I'm here following God. I'm running the race. This is hard. And I'm looking out at all these other people. They're not running. They're just having a a fun time. And you know what? It looks like they're having fun while I'm out here sweating. And he he starts to think that way. And we saw yesterday how he kind of comes back from that because he remembers the end. It's not going to end well for those that aren't seeking the Lord. But today he he kind of sums everything up as he admitted in the last verse yesterday. Well, when I was thinking that way, that was foolish. He says, I was like a beast before you. But check out what he says today. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And and so there we see, he starts to realize, no, for one thing, God is with me. He's holding my hand. And the rest of this life, I can know he's going to be with me. And then afterward, it's going to be glory. 
That's, that's how it is going to be. Uh, and, and that's how you can think, right? As you will face that temptation spiritually, man, why am I following God? Why do I keep running this spiritual race? You can remind yourself, you know what? Well, God is with me. And there's going to be some challenges I'm going to come across along the way of this Christian life, but he's going to counsel me through those. And the end of all of this is going to be glory, right? And that almost helps prepare our hearts for all the twists and the turns in the race we might experience where we're ready because we know that God is with us. And that gives us a courage. That gives us a willingness. Hey, we're going to keep running because God's with us and he is helping us. When J.I. Packer wrote about the Puritans, he talked about some elements kind of of their godliness or their, their piety. And one of the elements he spoke of was their receptivity, that they were receptive and open to whatever God put in front of them. And he describes it that they had a readiness to believe that the good hand of a faithful and gracious God who is ripening his children for, for future glory shapes it all, the rough no less than the smooth, right? Do we really believe that God, he is ripening his children for future glory and that's how he is shaping everything that occurs in this race that we're running? It's all his plan to help prepare us for glory. And even we realize we've, we've got the best thing if we've got the Lord. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth I desire besides you. And then I love verse 26. And I hope that's something that if you're struggling today and you're wondering, ah, can I keep going? Can I keep running this race? I hope 20, verse 26 is the wind in your sails that helps you keep going. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Wow. What an encouraging thing. It acknowledges our weakness. There are going to be times where we're weak, where we're struggling, where we feel like stopping. But God is the strength of our heart. And I love how it puts that. And I think that's something that we all feel. I mean, we we know what it means sometimes when we're just physically tired and, you know, we need a nap or we need to go to bed early because we're just, we're just wiped. We're just drained. Well, I think we also know what it feels like to be tired in our hearts where it's not just a, a physical weariness, but it's a, it's kind of an emotional weariness where our heart feels weighed down, but it's God and all this confidence that God's going to be with me. God's preparing me for glory. That's the strength of my heart. That is what's going to lift my heart up to help my heart keep running the race. And God is my portion forever. That's another helpful thing that just reminds us, hey, what I really want out of this life is I want to know God. I'm not in it, you know, hey, the world's out there having fun. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not here just to have a good time and to have fun or to be successful or to be famous or to be wealthy or to have all this pleasure. I'm here to know God. And so I'm going to keep running because God is the strength of my heart and he is my portion. He is what I want. And again, in verse 27, he reminds himself that those who are far from God, they're going to perish. The end for them is not going to be good. But verse 28 says, but for me, it is good to be near God. Uh, In other translations, it even says the nearness of my God is my good. 
And I hope all of us can resonate with that. What's really good in my life is when I am near God. So I hope that encourages you to keep going, to keep running the race today. And even if you might feel weak and maybe you fail, that God would be the strength of your heart and your portion today. Uh, let's move on now to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Yesterday, we read the whole chapter uh, due, the, due to the providence of uh, something of a typo. Uh, but today, we want to now read the second half of the chapter again. And it talks about this idea of being an ambassador. And it kind of does a great job helping us understand our role, but also what the message is. And that idea of an ambassador is one that's familiar uh to us, even just as you think about politics and the United States having ambassadors in other countries and other countries having ambassadors in the United States who represent the leadership of their country. Well, we are ambassadors for Christ and we have a very urgent mission. And again, we mentioned this yesterday, but I know at my church, we were reminded of this mission this last Sunday as Pastor Mike Fabares spoke on Luke chapter 15 and the parable of the lost sheep and how we still have a lot of work to do reaching lost souls with the gospel. I particularly enjoyed his line, his quip to my church saying, hey, if you don't think there's any more lost sheep here in Idaho, you need to move back to California because there's plenty of lost sheep there. And that got a, a chuckle from our church, but it's a good reminder. There are plenty of lost sheep here in the Treasure Valley that need to know about Christ. And wherever you may be listening to this podcast, I can guarantee you there are lost sheep around you and God is calling you to be an ambassador. And don't ignore that role. Uh, look at verse 20. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Or who are you imploring to be reconciled to God? Who are you sharing the good news with? And again, this is where it's good for us to take scripture together because we talked a couple days ago in chapter four, how unbelievers are blind and in order for them to see, God has to kind of flip the light switch on. And we talked about just the role that God has in that, but then it would be unbiblical for us to then say, well, if God's got to turn the light on, what am I doing? What can I do? Well, no, God then clearly expects us to be his ambassadors and to plead with people to be reconciled to God. So there again, we see God's sovereignty, but also an emphasis in scripture on our responsibility to share the gospel. Who are you sharing the gospel with? And in this passage, we also see such a great summary of what the gospel is. And it uses frequently this word of reconciliation. That's what it's all about, that we've been separated from God. And God really has made a way for us to be reconciled together. And it sums it up so well in verse 21, for our sake, he, God, the father made him Christ, the son to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That is a beautiful message. And God has given us the responsibility to share it. So let's, let's go. Let's, let's do that message. And the message of reconciliation is possible because we serve a risen Savior. And again, we're reminded of that as we read Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 11 today, 
which reads, uh, which tells us about Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and another woman coming and bringing spices. And they see the angel who tells them, you seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. So this message of reconciliation that we have to offer to the world, it's not empty. It's not hollow. It, It is a message of reconciliation that's empowered by a savior who rose from the dead. This is no scam. This is a legit message. This is the gospel. And so may that even encourage us to keep running as we seek to share the gospel with others, the glorious message of a risen savior who can reconcile us to God. Uh, Finally, we look at 1 Kings 15 and 16. And uh, most of these two chapters really focus on kings of Israel, which again, we're in the divided kingdom. Israel is in the north. Judah is in the south. Judah is uh, includes Jerusalem and is the sons, the descendants of David rule in Judah. But most of these two chapters focus on Israel. And as you can see, it's not so good, right? Jeroboam, uh, his descendants die. And then that happens from this king named Baasha. And he comes in and God had prophesied that he would uh, really destroy the house of Jeroboam. But as soon as he gets in, he starts doing wicked things. So basically God says, hey, the same thing that happened to Jeroboam is going to happen to you. And then in chapter 16, we see Omri come and it says that he was more wicked than all who came before him. And then Ahab, his son reigns. And it says that he was even more wicked than all that came before him. And Ahab, you're going to start saying, oh, wait, that name sounds familiar. And we're going to see that the sin really reaches a new low because it's not just even the golden calves, which still Jeroboam tried to, even we know this was sinful and wrong. He tried to still have some connection between that and the worship of the true God, but that's not the right way you're supposed to do it. Well, now we see Ahab uh, marrying this foreign princess who is all about idol worship and Baal worship. And we see now a temple for Baal and just all out idolatry. And that's really going to set the table for one of my favorite characters of the Old Testament to enter the picture tomorrow. And that is going to be Elijah. So a lot of this maybe just sets the stage for some great things that we're going to read in the coming days about Elijah and his interactions with King Ahab. But I hope this reading today encourages you to keep running, to keep going. And even if you feel weak, may you be encouraged to know that God is the strength of your heart and your portion forever. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.